gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 88, which is entitled Miscellaneous. I am your host, G2. But before I get into the topics today, I would like to give you guys the National Food Days of the Week. Today being August 21st, it is Spumani Day. That's basically ice cream, but Italian ice cream. And um, I looked at the definition of it. It is three layers of ice cream basically together. It's pistachio ice cream, cherry ice cream, and a chocolate or vanilla gelato. So it's basically... Uh, Italian gelato, as well as Sweet Tea Day, August 22nd, Eat a Peach Day, as well as Pecan Tortite Day, August 23rd, Sponge Cake Day, also Cuban Sandwich Day, August 24th, Waffle Day, as well, Peach Pie Day, August 25th, Banana Split Day, also Whiskey Sour Day, that's basically an alcoholic beverage, so please drink responsibly, August 26th, Cherry Popsicle Day, and then finally, to finish it off, August 27th, Burger Day, also Pots de Creme Day. Now with the National Food Days out of the way, before I get into the topics, I have to give a condolences to a comedian, uh, Teddy Ray. Teddy Ray was 32 when he passed away, as it was reported from TMZ. Uh, they said that officials have revealed that the beloved comedian was found floating in a swimming pool by a maintenance man. The outlet will report that the investigators are waiting for Teddy Ray's autopsy results to rule his official cause of death. Foul play is not expected. He ended up passing last Friday. Um, I did not know about that until earlier this week, and um, it was shocking to me. He was 32, and um, it was shocking because I did not know of Teddy Ray until 2019 when I start going into college and I start... Uh, looking at um, all deaf digital uh, YouTube pages, basically where black comedians in the California area were working for Russell Simmons and they would produce like sketches and they would talk about anything and all that stuff. And I really start watching their shows and Teddy Ray was on it. He was a funny guy. He, he had great chemistry with uh, Doughboy, Kevin on stage, Patrick Cloud to hear more uh, and other comedians on there. And it's just weird to see somebody again, so young, 32, pass away. I mean, there was comedians coming out this week giving their condolences to Teddy Ray, sharing their funny uh, moments with him. They will post them on Twitter, Instagram, all the other social media sites. And they even had a special show for Teddy Ray, uh, the Young OGs of Comedy. That was a show that he was partnered with with another comedian, but they put on a special show in the tribute of Teddy Ray uh, this past Friday. I would please implore anybody that listens to comedy, watches comedy, and they wanted to know anything about Teddy Ray, you hear from the source themselves. You hear it from his business partner. You heard it from uh, Doughboy. You hear it from other black comedians. You even hear who Teddy Ray was as a person from his mother. All on that tribute show is on YouTube, All Deaf Digital's uh, YouTube channel if you want to go to that click that i mean teddy ray was just really starting to hit there i didn't know he was on a mtv show called messiness it was basically a reboot of ridiculousness but again it was 
different because Teddy was doing stuff. And I did not know that he was on that show because I don't watch MTV, but he was out there. He was getting it. And it's just so wild to see somebody that was getting it and really started to get to the mainstream level to just pass away just so suddenly. So um, I wish his mother some love and light at this moment because she lost her boy. I wish love and light to Teddy Ray's uh, friends that lost a best friend the way today. Talk about Teddy. He was one of those guys that was just always smiling and so uh, lovable. It's just always weird to see that and just hear somebody dying so young. So again, uh, rest in peace to Teddy Ray. Now that the condolences is out of the way, let me get on with the topics. Uh, first topic I want to talk about come from New York Times as it reads, Judge may release affidavit in Trump search, but only after redaction. Uh, as it would go on to a federal judge ordered the government on Thursday to propose redactions to the highly sensitive affidavit that was used to justify a search warrant executed by the FBI last week at former President Donald J. Trump's private home and club saying he was inclined to unseal parts of it. Ruling from the bench, the judge Bruce Richhart or Reinhart said it was very important that the public have as much information as it can about the historic search at Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump's Florida residence. He noted later in a written order that the government had not met its burden of showing that the entire affidavit should remain sealed. The judge went on to say that he was leaning towards releasing portions of the documents, adding that whether those portions would be meaningful for the public or media was not for him to decide. He also acknowledged that the redaction process could often be extensive and sometimes turn documents into meaningless rubbish. So Trump's lawyers want the affidavit for uh, his house that got searched to be released out there to the public. The government's trying to keep it sealed. And now you even got media lawyers coming out to say that uh, the affidavit should be released out here, that the people should know that the government shouldn't just hide that type of stuff for what they're looking for. Here's my thing with that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, the government got one whole full week before they go back in front of the judge with their proposal, what's going to be redacted, what's going to be black lined out that the public should not know. So the judge can either say we're going to release this or no, we're going to release the whole thing. That's what we're doing here with this situation. My feeling on this situation is that I personally do not care what they're looking for, or what they're trying to find. I'm just tired of always hearing Trump's name with the government every single day. It seems to me that it goes every week we're dealing with Trump and the government, Trump and the government. I mean, you would think that once he lost the president's spot and he's not the president anymore, you would think he would just be like, OK, Trump's not going to be in the news every single week. But no, Trump somehow is in the news every single week, whether it was government trying to get him for uh, tax or him burying his wife at the golf course or this situation or the storming of the Capitol. I mean, every single week, something with Trump is in it. Dude, I am tired of always hearing Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump that. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump hater. Dude, I'm just a regular human being. and just tired of hearing about Trump on the news. Let's be honest, if you guys got nothing better to do to report on the news, why do we got to go to Trump? Was because of a ratings boost to try to boost up your ratings and try to make people divided more in this country with everything? Dude, we got more important things to be worrying about in this country. We really be honest. People are out here losing homes. People are out here paying more for items. People are out here 
just trying to survive out here on apparently certain people ain't got a good minimum wage out here. Certain people are getting paid less money and having to pay more in their rental homes and rental fees. Dude, what are we doing here? We're focusing more on Trump again. What are we doing? It just makes no sense to me that we constantly every single week Trump this Trump that Trump this Trump that dude. I'm tired. Either get Trump on something and make it stick or don't because listen, him taking papers out of an office, I guarantee that wasn't Trump doing that. That was somebody in this camp doing that, and we're just going to cool, fine, whatever. You guys got your papers back. You guys are going to try to get them for something. I don't think you guys are going to, to be honest with you, because if you would, trust me, you guys would have been got him. But sometimes it takes longer preparations to get somebody. I understand that, but it seems to me that the government's been having a hard-on for Trump ever since he got out of office. And as a matter of fact, they've been having a hard-on for him ever since he was in office. It's just, dude, I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of hearing about Trump in the news every single week. I would rather go one whole full month without Trump in the news and we actually focus on something of importance. The one funny thing that I did find actually hilarious about this was that Trump was saying, well, his lawyers said that the government, the people, the FBI that went into his house and raided it, they took his passports and the lawyer made note of it that, hey, oh, they took my passports. They took my client's passports. We need them back. And the FBI and all of them said, you know what? We're going to give you his passports back. And they end up giving him his passport back. What? To me, I don't ever hear that type of stuff ever happening. It's usually, hey, uh, once, we're, once we got in here, we claim what we claim. Guess what? As long as this investigation is still going, you're not getting nothing back. You're going to have to wait until such and such is done. Not, okay, we're just going to give him his passports back after we after we get a letter from his lawyer saying, hey, our client's passport gets taken. I'll give him back his passport. No. It's a part of discovery. It's a part of things that we have grabbed up and for everything else. I'm just saying that it's funny. Again, you guys want to go after Trump, but somehow you guys give him back his passports. Hey, again, I don't know much about FBI business. I don't know much about none of this stuff. I can just be a guy watching it and for me, just being a people watcher, I find it completely hilarious. When you go and raid somebody's home, you guys raid it up, you guys take what you want, and you guys leave. I never hear about somebody ever getting something returned back to them. This is the first time I've ever heard somebody getting something returned back after saying, hey, we need that back. If that doesn't tell you that Trump is different from regular civilians, I don't know what else to tell you. If that doesn't tell you that the government is playing with Trump in a way, I don't know what to tell you. Again, I just find it real weird how they just gave him back his passports after him just saying, hey, I need my passport back. And they gave it back to him. They said that two of them expired, but one of them is current. It don't matter. Whenever the government comes up and raid and grab your stuff, they usually grab your stuff until everything's done. So, again, I don't care about none of this. I just wish for Trump's news to stop being uh, grabbed up. If it's not Trump being arrested for this Capitol storming or... Trump being like acquitted or something, dude, just stop mentioning Trump on the news because guess what? It's not going to do anything. You're just going to constantly say Trump this, Trump that. And personally, I don't care. As a regular civilian, I really don't care. I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, I don't care. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people out here that's like myself that personally really do not care about Trump whole Alpha David's crap. So media outlets, if you could, when it's time for Trump to actually get arrested or something big and tragic happened in this whole investigation, 
that's when we report on it. Until then, stop reporting on it because we got other bigger things to talk about here. Now, on to my next topic here. Uh, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller has entered into a treatment facility for complex uh, mental health issues. And apparently Yahoo Entertainment has spoken to some people that work in that field and they are able to explain what that means. As the article will read, complex mental health issues can translate to a variety of problems, but an example might include treatment for substance use disorder, trauma, and depression or anxiety. Megan Markham, chief psychologist at AMFM Healthcare, tells Yahoo Entertainment, when someone seeks treatment for complex mental health issues, it will often require more than weekly outpatient sessions with a therapist and concurrent treatment of multiple diagnoses. Complex mental health treatment typically involves a level of care that requires several hours a day and may include residential treatment, meaning 24-7 care. Markham, who completed doctoral training in the specialty field of Chemical dependency adds the treatment often includes a collaborative approach with medication evaluation and monitoring from a psychiatrist group therapy with peers who are struggling with similar issues and individual sessions with a licensed therapist like a psychologist. Miller's statement was so vague as to what specific issues they are being treated for, but mental health experts believe it's a big first step for the actor. So, okay, Ezra Miller is going to be getting some type of help and hopefully he does get the help that he needs because my man has been bugging for the past five years uh he was in hawaii messing around with uh, a couple there i think i talked about that a couple months ago i mean he's just been in the news commonly every time and to the point that warner brothers had uh some type of inner conversation it was reported that they didn't know whether they were going to scrap the whole flash movie or what they're going to do or were they too much into it because they put so much money into it? I don't know what Warner Brothers is going to do with that movie or what they're going to do just period with The Flash as in general. But that doesn't matter to me as long as we get this guy some type of treatment. Because again, he's been bugging out and I hope that he does get the type of treatment that he needs to get. Because we all want to see people actually change for the better, not just for themselves, but for anybody to actually loves and care for them so Ezra Miller I hope you get the help and if you don't I don't know if you're going to have a career more in Hollywood because Hollywood don't like messing around with controversial figures I'm just gonna throw it out there so again if you don't want to do it for yourself do it for your business now onto the next topic as this comes from Associated Press husband sentenced to 65 years in Fitbit murder case a Connecticut man was sentenced Thursday to 65 years in prison for it the 2015 killing of his wife, who prosecutors say was wearing a Fitbit, which on that Fitbit, the data used on that Fitbit contradicted uh, the statements that the husband gave to the police. Richard DeBate, 46, of Ellington, was sentenced, well, convicted by a jury in May of murder and other charges. He maintains his innocence and intends to appeal the verdicts. His lawyer said after the hearing at Rockville Superior Court, the fatal shooting of Connie DeBate, 39, at the couple's home two days before Christmas in 2015, while their two younger sons were in school, drew national attention with the unusual Fitbit evidence in details of Richard's affair with a woman who was pregnant at the time of the killing and later gave birth to their child. The sentencing heard included uh, emotional testimony by Connie's relatives. It enables us to get a little bit of closure, even though it won't bring Connie back. As a family, we can move forward. Connie's brother, 
said outside of the courthouse after the sentencing. So I'm happy that this guy got sentenced uh, to 65 years. I talked about this on episode 74. I went into details about it, and I also gave my opinion about how whenever you are a dude and you get married and you just uh, are in an affair, you don't have to kill your spouse. You could just basically man up and nut up and just say that, hey, I'm not happy, I want to leave or get a divorce or whatever the case. Or sometimes you could just not cheat at all and just split from your spouse. Or this is exactly the reason, again, I got to say this, exactly the reason why I don't think people should be married anymore. I think that whenever you get married, you feel so bogged down in the title of husband and wife, and whether you're the man or wife, you guys are always happy within those first couple years. It's always roses and kisses and all that type of crap, usually. Certain, certain people are never ever that case. Certain people, they're literally divorced within that first year of being married after they were together for 10 years. There's always a case-by-case basis, but usually, around the board, there's more divorces than people staying together. Back in the day, people usually just stay together and stay together. They went through their crap. They went through everything together, but they were somehow able to make it work and actually stay together. Now, that's not the case anymore. If we're together, we're together for a finite amount of time, and then poof, we're done. I don't, I just think that the time for marriage is done. I think people just need to be staying together as a relationship thing. And then once you guys are done, you guys come to a mutual understanding and just walk away from the relationship without government getting into your business, without serving divorce papers and all that type of crap. But this guy killing his wife because he had an affair with another woman and she ended up getting, getting pregnant. Dude, I I don't like that. Even when it's the other way around, when a woman gets into an affair with another person and she usually has the lover kill her husband. I don't like that neither. So again, if you are not happy in your marriage or happy in your relationship, please talk to your partner about why you're not happy and see what you guys can't fix. And if it's at a point that you guys cannot fix it and you know you can't, don't try to put a band-aid over and say, oh, it's okay. No, if it's something that you guys just simply cannot fix, it's okay to separate. It's okay to literally just be away from each other. It's okay. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. You get to still be in contact with each other when you guys want to talk to each other. And also, you guys are able to literally walk away without murdering each other so please don't murder your spouse or partner just had that conversation to say that you're not happy and if you guys aren't able to fix whatever it is then just walk away now on to the next topic this come from cnn cleveland browns quarterback deshaun watson suspended for 11 games and fined five million dollars after the nfl and nflpa reached settlement the nfl and nfl's player association have agreed to suspend Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for 11 regular season games without pay and fine him $5 million after he was accused of sexual misconduct by more than two dozen women. Watson will undergo a professional evaluation by behavioral experts and will follow their treatment program according to the agreement. I'm moving on with my career and my life and I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence, Watson told the media Thursday. Just because settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that person is guilty for anything. He added, I feel like the person has the ability to stand on his innocence and prove that, and we provided that on the legal side, and we just got to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person. 24 civil lawsuits were filed against Watson. 23 have been settled confidentially. Two grand juries in Texas declined to charge Watson criminally. Duh. Watson violated the NFL's personal conduct 
policy in private meetings with massage therapists while he was with the Houston Texans. The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, called Watson's behavior egregious and predatory. Susan Lee Halson, co-owner of the Browns, on Thursday vowed to invest $1 million towards educating youth for awareness of sexual misconduct. We as an organization and as individuals, we have tremendous empathy for the women involved, and we have an opportunity to make a difference in this community, she told reporters. Her husband and team co-owner said, people deserve a second chance. Is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, he said, referring to Watson. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected, and we will continue to do so, he added. We believe that Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. Okay, here's my thing on this. Again, 11-game suspension, fine, whatever. So fine, $5 million, that's, that's a lot. But he's a quarterback. He's going to make that up. I just, with that whole situation, fine. Whatever. The league's the lead. They do what they want. Fine. First, it was six games, but then Roger Goodell decided to nix that and say, nah, we're going to look at that more. And they pumped it up for five more games. He'll be playing back apparently somewhere in November. And they said that his first game back will be going against his former team, the Texans. Cool, fine, whatever. He gets to play football. Great. Here's my thing on that. I didn't like how Roger Goodell added that Watson's behavior was uh, egregious and predatory. Here's my thing, Goodell. You have no idea what goes on inside those uh, massage parlor rooms, anything else. I understand we had evidence saying uh, text messages that the ladies gave here and there to Watson that they had back and forth with each other, but we all, as people, don't know what goes down literally inside those massage rooms. I'm not saying that he did do it. I'm not saying that he didn't. I just don't know. There would always be a big old question mark when it comes down to you and a person in a room together. Whenever there's evidence coming out, of a woman having a bruise on her face, okay? We always assume that the person that she was with last did that to him because we always put the woman on the side of innocence, a woman on the side of never uh, wanting to harm herself, a woman as this precious daisy, if you will. And that's fine. That society, that's never going to change. Sometimes that's the case if a man did brutalize a woman. Sometimes it's completely the opposite. If you look at the movie Gone Girl, that had Ben Affleck in it. It was a couple of years ago that this movie came out. It was all about a man uh, being set up by his wife because the wife disappeared and she played like her, uh, like she was dead. She would place clues around that the cops would find of uh, basically uh, Ben Affleck's uh, dad, uh, DNA onto some type of weapon that could have killed her, uh, bloody handprint, all this type of stuff. If you watch Gone Girl, you know the movie. And ultimately, in the end, Ben Affleck is confronted with his wife that's not dead, and they end up having a talk in the shower. She said, I can make your life a living hell if you keep playing. Or you could come back and we can start being a family. Because apparently Ben Affleck was cheating on her in the movie. So again, a woman can't turn a man's life upside down. And I'm not saying, again, that these women don't have a thing against Deshaun Watson, don't have some type of uh, evidence against Deshaun Watson. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying you don't know what goes down inside of a private room with a man and a woman. We never, ever truly know. So I put this on the era of caution. If a man goes to a massage parlor or a woman goes to a massage parlor, I think they need to have another person in there to watch the massage happen. I think that it needs to be inside of an open space area for this stuff to never occur. 
for a person can never can take advantage of a massage parlor or a massage parlor can never take advantage of another man or a female. Because again, we don't know what goes down in these rooms. So I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's innocent, not saying that he's guilty. I have a big question mark on just this as one whole thing. And for Roger Goodell to be saying that it is egregious and predatory towards Deshaun, he didn't have to say all that. He could just say we're suspending him for these many games and this we're uh, fining him for these many dollars. That's it. Just left it cut and dry. But you just say that he's predatory and egregious. Come on, dog. You ain't got to do that. Again, it goes to the stereotype of, and I hate to make things racy, but somehow I always make things racy. I always do because it just floats to my head. I'm sorry. It just does. Sean Watson is a black man quarterback in a white uh, quarterback spot when you think about it. Football usually have white quarterbacks. Black quarterbacks are never ever usually around the spot. We're usually like the catchers, the wide receivers, the linebackers, the guys on the line. That's usually the black dudes play. Usually 80% of the field is usually black with, if anything, a couple white people speckled onto the line and all that type of stuff. But usually the white man's position in football is usually the quarterback. It has been there historically, constantly. And for Deshaun Watson to have gone through this, and again, I'm not saying that he's innocent, I'm not saying that he's guilty. Do with it what you will. Everybody's going to have their own decision on that. But you don't have to say it was egregious and predatory. Just make it cut and dry. You are the commissioner. You set the precedent. This is what we're going to do for this action. That's it. Bong. That's it. You don't have to add any more personal feelings towards that. So for Goodell to do that, I don't like it. For the NFL to spend Deshaun Watson for 11 games and final $5 million, you do that what you will. You guys are the NFL. You guys do with that but i just don't like the personal adding of egregious and predatory you don't know what goes on in those rooms we all don't know that's all my whole big thing that's my biggest thing with this we don't know what truly went down in those rooms that's it now on to another topic is basically the continuation of the vanessa bryant uh case against los angeles county as this comes from people.com forensics expert in vanessa bryant's case says law enforcement permanently destroyed evidence a forensic expert in Vanessa Bryant's trial testified that when law enforcement officers were told to turn in their devices, nine out of the 11 were new phones and the ones had been reset to factory uh, setting. A digital forensic expert testified that the law enforcement personnel who took photos at the scene of the 2020 helicopter crash that left Kobe and eight other dead permanently destroyed digital evidence. Bryant, along with Chris Chaster, the father and husband of two other victims, is suing L.A. County for emotional distress and mental anguish after learning that the crash scene photos were publicly shared on at least 28 devices owned by the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and by more than a dozen first responders. After the Sheriff's Department received complaints from witnesses who say they saw first responders sharing the crash photos publicly, deputies were instructed to delete the photos off of their devices. More than a year and a half after the crash in September 2021, L.A. County and Brian's legal team jointly hired Kroll, a forensic firm, to analyze devices from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and Fire Department to see if they were there were any remaining photos or evidence that had been improperly sent. During court proceedings on Wednesday, Brian and Chester's lawyers called up digital forensics expert David Frescos, who, whom they had hired to analyze Kroll's report. 
David said he found that nine out of the 11 iPhones turned over to the firm from the sheriff's department were new phones and not the ones used at the crash site. One of the photos belonging to Joey Cruz, who has been accused of showing crash photos to a bartender, had been completely wiped clean and reset to factory settings. Two laptops turned in from the fire department were not able to be analyzed. One laptop had an encrypted password that were not that was not shared and therefore cannot be analyzed, while a second laptop was missing an additional hard drive. Davis said his findings showed that the defendants had permanently destroyed digital evidence. He also said that the sheriff's department violated fundamental forensic principles and had made it more difficult to investigate uh, dissemination of the photos. Mobile devices have volatile data and must be forensically preserved to prevent loss, David explained. A sheriff and two fire captains involved in the investigation also testified Wednesday and a pattern had emerged during the trial where those who agreed to delete the photo evidence were lightly disciplined and even promoted while those who fought against the order have not moved up. Captain Matthew Hork, the commanding officer at the scene on January 26, 2020, testified Tuesday that he had disagreed with the order to delete the photos and said that the demand went around his authority. He said that he was then transferred from his position. So we're still continuing on with the Vanessa Bryan case. And again, this is still a nasty thing. And this shows you how bad that people are. Let's be honest. You guys turned in 11 phones, right? And nine out of the 11 phones were new phones. And one of the phones that was turned in that wasn't a new phone was on uh, reset to factory settings. So you guys are literally trying to cover up you guys taking photos. Listen, just take responsibility. I know you guys don't want to pay this big amount of money to Vanessa and uh, the Chester guy. Well, Chris Chester is going to be asking for you guys to be paying for it. But you guys did this. There's no way you guys can hide behind it. If a person that works in tech can say, Ayo, nine out of the 11 phones were new, and one of the phones that was not new had been uh, reset to factory settings, that tells you there's nothing but a cover-up. You guys are trying to hide the evidence. Come on, dog. This is game, set, and match, at least in my eyes. This is done. Vanessa Bryan and uh, Mr. Chester should be getting their verdict by next week, and if anything, it should be said that, yo, they won this case. There's no more need to be said. I just disappointed. Well, I can't be disappointed because I know how the law works, at least to a degree. Um, you know that People that are supposed to be upholding the law, they're going to be the ones to scoot around the law, trying to play funny business with the law. And this right here proved it to you. You guys aren't supposed to be taking no crash site photos. And if you do, you don't share it. But you guys did that. You guys shared the photos with regular people. That's disgusting. That's nastiness. That is, that's nasty. So I hope Vanessa Bryan and Mr. Chester get their verdict next week and it comes out back in their favor if it doesn't it's going to be a real shock at least in my eyes i don't know how they won't get the verdict in their favor but we shall see as this uh trial goes on now on to the next topic this one i found funny is mariah carey mariah carey is trying to trademark uh queen of christmas and she's being disputed by other singers as this comes from consequence.net Mariah Carey is looking to cash in on one of her holiday music successes by trademarking the title of Queen of Christmas. But singers 
Darlene Love and Elizabeth Chen, who each have their own valid claim to the crown, are looking to prevent a monopoly on the term. After Mariah Carey's March 2021 trademark claim was recently made public, Chan filed a formal declaration of opposition in the court, and Love has hinted at doing the same. Along with Queen of Christmas, Carey also filed for exclusive rights to QOC, Princess of Christmas, and Christmas Princess. Back in 2019, her classic song, All I Want for Christmas is You, reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts 25 years after its release. Since then, it has become the first holiday song to reach 1 billion streams on Spotify. Chan, who exclusively composes and performs Christmas music, was first dubbed the Queen of Christmas by All Access in 2014 and was profiled by New Yorker four years later in an article simply titled The Queen of Christmas. However, the singer isn't looking to legally state claim to the moniker, but rather prevent Carrie from solely holding it herself. Christmas has come way before any of us on Earth and hopefully will be around way after any of us on Earth. Chan told Variety, and I feel strongly that no one person should hold on to anything around Christmas or monopolize it in a way that Mariah seeks to do it. That's just not the right thing to do. Christmas is for everyone. It's meant to be shared. It's not meant to be owned. She continued, and it's not just about the music business. She's trying to trademark it this in every imaginable way. Clothing, liquor products, masks, dog collars is all over the map. If you knit a Queen of Christmas sweater, you should be able to sell it on Etsy to somebody else so they can buy it for their grandmother. It's crazy. It would have that breadth of registration. So Mariah Carey is trying to own the name uh, Queen of Christmas. At first, I was cool with her doing it because you know what? There's no other song on Christmas that you're going to hear literally everywhere except for All I Want for Christmas is You, and that's a Mariah Carey version. But until I start reading the people coming out and say, nah, like Darlene Love and Elizabeth Chan's like dispute about it, I'm like, okay, I can see where we would have a problem with it. And also, uh, there was an article that I read that um, Michael Jackson was titled the King of Pop, but he never trademarked that. His kids ultimately trademarked it after he passed away. But when Michael was alive, he never trademarked that because everybody could try to call himself the King of Pop, but we all knew Michael Jackson was the King of Pop. So that doesn't really like do anything for anybody's claim to try to call himself the King of Pop. For this, for Queen of Christmas, I think everybody, whenever they associate Christmas, at least now, when they walk into a store, you're going to hear all oh, I want for Christmas. Literally popping it in every store, whether it be a Walmart store, uh, Billard's, a Sears, uh, any type of store that has anything to do with Christmas that sells Christmas stuff, you're going to hear that song. So Mariah Carey, technically, I can see her having the title as Queen of Christmas, but her trademarking it, I'm like, all right, I can see where people have a problem with it. So she can't trademark it, but I would think she needs to come out with some type of stuff with a Christmas uh, theme because that's where she makes her money. Christmas time, she makes all her money on Christmas, like a big buttload of it. So if Mariah could try to figure out a way how to infuse Christmas, not saying hold the name Christmas, but like infuse like the holiday with her situation, try to trademark something of herself on that holiday, do it. I have no problem. But yeah, calling yourself the queen of Christmas, apparently that's not going to float with people. So Mariah, good luck on trying to trademark that. On to my second to last topic here. Uh, the Foo Fighters, uh, I talked to you guys about this earlier in the year. Their drummer, Taylor Hawkins, uh, passed away. So the Foo Fighters are now going to be doing a tribute concert and is going to be streaming live on YouTube and Paramount Plus as this also come from, uh, 
tributeconsequence.net. As they announced, the first two tribute concerts will take place at London's Wembley Stadium on September the 3rd. Millions of Foo Fighters fans across the globe, including yours truly, the person that wrote this, Alex Young, wish that they could attend, be in there for attendance for the band's upcoming tribute uh, to Taylor Hawkins at London's Wembley Stadium on September 3rd. The band has now announced plans to stream the concert live beginning at 11.30 a.m. EDT time, 4.30 p.m. BST time. There will be live television coverage of the concert in the U.S. on Paramount Plus and internationally on Pluto TV. Additionally, a global live stream will be shown on MTV's YouTube channel. Following the concert, a one-hour special containing highlight clips will air on CBS on Saturday, September 3rd at 10 p.m. EDT time. A full recording of the concert will then be available on demand on Paramount Plus, Pluto TV, and MTV beginning the week of September 5th. At that uh, concert, you will see Rush's Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, Led Zeppelin's John Paul Jones, Liam Gallagher, Queen's Roger Taylor, and Brian May, and many more people. So if you are wanting to see this concert and you're not able to be there in London, like a lot of people won't be, you'll be able to see it on uh, YouTube, not YouTube, sorry, Paramount Plus, Pluto TV, and MTV on September 5th. So again, but if you want to see it live as it's going on, Paramount Plus for the people in the US, but internationally, uh, Pluto TV on September 3rd. Now onto the final topic is just something that I think people need to be watching. Uh She-Hulk on Disney Plus. It just came out Thursday, the first episode of this series. It was funny to me. I like She-Hulk. I'm gonna be watching this series. I think this is gonna be the first like MCU like series I'm like going to watch continually i gotta watch go back to watch low keys uh one i gotta watch uh moon knight but she hulk i'm actually wanting to see and i saw the first episode it was completely funny and apparently in the mcu i didn't know uh women thought about this captain america screw or not and apparently that was literally the first like couple of questions that was asked between she hulk and her Cousin the Hulk in the car. It was funny, and literally they bring it back at the end of the episode, at the end credits, about this Captain America screw. Does he is he a virgin or not? I mean, it's funny. It gives you the first episode tells you how she becomes She Hulk. I mean, I would love for you guys to watch this one. I really don't watch again a lot of MCU series. I don't. I usually let those things fly by. The movies is when I watch them. But this one, I'm telling you, you need to watch. She-Hulk just came out. They're going to be a weekly situation, I believe. But the first episode just happened. Please watch it if you can. I found it funny. I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. But I liked it. And I'm going to constantly watch it every week as the episodes happen. So if you could, if you do have Paramount, not Paramount, uh, Disney+, Plus, go watch uh, She-Hulk. It's going to be thoroughly entertaining. Now, with that out of the way, let me get you guys out of here. On Twitter, you can find me at at My2Podcast, Instagram, My2CentsPodcastG2, and my email is My2CentsPod at Yahoo.com. Again, you can email me if you think I should have talked about a certain topic here, or you think I should have uh, go further on a different topic, or if you just want to have a conversation, hey, my email is always open. I do check my email every single day. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, Spotify, all these other uh, podcast sites where I'm on because without these podcast sites, without these owners being there, 
to look at these things i would not be here without uh you guys the people listening to this podcast i definitely wouldn't be here and i want to thank both you and the companies that allow me to be here and allow me to say what i have to say without no uh, restrictions so without me getting like shadow banned or anything like that i want to thank all you guys for that seriously and um always remember i love you i love you i love I love you all i thank you i truly do um remember if you feel suicidal please do not hesitate to call the suicide hotline i have that in the episode description i do care about everybody i want everybody to be safe everybody be loved please if you are in america please be safe out here because people are on the road if you're outside of the country please be careful in your country i have no idea what's going down over there but if there's any national tragedy over there please try to be safe um i do love you all i do pray for everybody every single day i hope everybody has a good day please do not be a dick please be courteous to everybody because you have no idea what that person is going through and um just try to be a human being a nice human being if you can and if you can't just fake it just fake it till you make it and um with that all being said i love you guys this has been my two cents podcast uh presented by g2 he is I and I am him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And with that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.